Olá, carinho. Olá, amor. E bem-vindos hey. a a new episode of Oi <laughs> Que Horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hello. Oi. Oi, galera. Oi, <laughs> gente. Oi, gente. Boa, boa tarde, bom dia, boa, boa noite. noite. <laughs> Whatever it might be. What time of the day it is. Uh, I think right off the bat, you can tell that we're going to be doing a movie from Brazil. Meu Brasil brasileiro. Going back to Brazil. Anytime you want to take me there, I'm down. The best. Although... Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. man. They so, can't all be good. They, they can't can all, be, all good. Be, be great. This week was my choice of film. It sure was. And it's our first sequel. Yes. Uh <laughs> you know, I'm gonna say when you picked this movie, like when you announced it to me a few days ago, I was very excited. Me too. So uh I mean, let's let's tell our wonderful people what we're going to watch so I can like. <laughs> so this week I picked the sequel to A Meia Noite Levarei a Sua Alma. Yes. Which is called Esta Noite Encarnarei no Teu Cadáver. This night I will possess your, what? Body? <laughs> Corpse. Your corpse. Your corpse, corpse. Which is a fucking amazing title. Great title. I was so what I was saying was I was just like, yes, I'm so excited to return to the world of Zé do Caixão. But then I was like, oh, I remember watching A Mea Noite Levare Sua Alma and being a little frustrated with the character, a little irritated, annoyed, all the above. If I remember and, properly, um, <laughs> you despised him. I really was not a fan. Honestly, neither was I. Who can be? He's such a pain yeah, in the ass. He's a dick, man. Yeah. But doesn't take away from the fact that he is legendary, like legend, legend. status. So... A delight to go back, and I'm very excited to talk to you about this movie. <laughs> yes, this will be interesting. Let's fucking let's fucking do this because it's kind of a long one, oh, and fuck. I feel like there's gonna be discussion to be had. So let's Agreed. jump right in. Well, how about you give us a synopsis of this lovely film? So I got this from a website called kqek.com, which looks like. It literally is a website from, like, the birth of the internet. Like, it looks old school as fuck. Like, when K-Q-E-K? K-Q-E-K dot com. A recuperated coffin Joe, Zedu Caixão, returns to his hometown and selects through careful empirical testing the perfect mother (laughs) of his uber child. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man. That's oh. it. <laughs> Way to go, KQEK, Uber Child. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, then let's hop right in to the sequel of mm. A Meia Noite Levarei a Sua Alma, starring fan fave, I don't know, <laughs> Zé, <laughs> Zé do Caixão, yeah. Coffin Joe, Esta Noite Encarnarei no Teu Cadáver, from 1967, written by Aldenora de Saporto mm. and José Monjica Marins, and directed by José Monjica Marins. Vamos lá. Vamos lá, galera. <laughs> We open with... His fucking mug. The brow Classic. stronger than ever. Literally in my notes, I wrote, 
How are the brows even more powerful? Like they are penciled in, correct? <laughs> that, that fucking brow, either he like had a growth spurt or he penciled them in. Like that is a, looks, a strong brow. There is not, a, there is no disconnect. Which is honestly, you got great brows, line. dude. Yeah. Pero también the beard is more like. The beard? Somebody took a razor to that and it is. Very defined. Finely, yeah, cut out. Yes. So uh, we see our friend Zedu Caixão, and he says, É a vida o tudo e a morte o nada, ou é a vida o nada e a morte o tudo? Which basically mm-hmm. says, is life everything and death nothing, or is life nothing and death everything? And you're just like, okay, right off the bat, you're giving us some existential bullshit that I'm just... No wonder your town <laughs> okay. hates you. Like... Because this dude, you, if you remember in our in fucking Meanoichi, he'd go to a bar and be like, ruin the fucking party because he's going up to people and saying shit like this. Like, I'm exactly. trying to enjoy a drink You're right now. You're a bummer, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, man. In, a, in a fun, wiggly font, we see José Monjica Marins, Zé do Caixão, and an intertitle that says, now we know the terminology, yeah. thank you, yeah. Johnny, an intertitle <laughs> that says that this movie starts where A Meia Noite Levaria Tua Alma ended. So yes. we, we literally get footage from the previous film. We get a previously on, kind of. Yeah situation totally and we see the very last few moments of the movie where Zez is in a crypt with Terezinha who is a woman that he raped and beat the shit out of yeah. and then she kills herself and Antonio her fiance who was Zedo Caixão's quote-unquote best friend, which he then kills in a bathtub. Yes, right. He's in this like crypt of these two people and we see another like over this footage of the last film, we see another intertitle that says, Zedo Caixão, obs- obsessed with having a perfect son, killed many people, but his own nerves gave him the wildest of hallucinations. This I needed to ask you about because, again, your Portuguese is stronger than mine. I had to pause several times. The captions yeah. were incorrect, I feel. The captions, I just didn't deal with them, honestly, because, yeah. again, watched on YouTube, I just had to like rely on my bad Portuguese for this. Sure. But what they're saying here is he hallucinated what? The death? His death? Or remember how he had, didn't he see like a bunch of bullshit? Yes, that's what it is. Like the ghost parade or whatever. Yes, all the, the ghost glittery par- ghosts and all yeah. that shit. Okay, exactly. got it. Okay, yes. okay, okay, got it. So we see him opening the coffins of Terezinha and Antonio with their rotting bodies. He screams. The townspeople find him splayed out of the mausoleum window with his eyeballs literally coming out, out of their sockets. Because he's been in the end of the movie, you feel like he's been frightened to death, basically, is what it mm-hmm. seems to be. But at this zoom in of his like body flenched over, I don't know if that's a word, over this window <laughs> with his eyeballs popping out. That's where the last movie ends. Right. But at this moment, the be- the movie begins with a townsperson saying, Ele ainda vive. He, he still, still lives. lives. 
So, okay. okay, so he hasn't died. So sure. now we see the opening credits with the same wiggly font from the top, and it's the same kind of opening credits we had in the first movie where it's basically snippets of the film with the name of their corresponding actor that we yeah. see on top of their like image, basically. Can I just say I am obsessed with this opening credit title it's thing. It's great. It's fucking cool. Because yes. like, the writing is handwritten. It shows literally every character with their name on top of it, but fast, fast, fast. Very fast. And like the sound is people screaming. Screaming, but also like There's a a weird boing-oing at one point. Did you hear that? Yes. It is insanity in there. But it made me think, I was like, this is everything. You know the opening credits of American Horror Story, which is good? Cookie gecko. Exactly. This is everything American Horror Story wants to be but like will never be it's just funny that you so say good. american horror story because uh-huh. we'll get there Ooh. we see some of the credits go by and then at one point there's just like a collection of names and we see an actual new scene where a doctor and a, and a nurse are observing zed Caixão in a hospital bed mm-hmm. and the doctor says he's very lucky he will possibly be able to see again and then another montage with more credits over it of like a bunch of hands coming out of graves it seems yeah. at this point there's a bidding bow that's playing which I thought was <laughs> yeah. really cool just like and then we see a courtroom filled with people listening to a statement from a judge question mark from sure some guy behind a desk where he says Josephel Zanataz or Zedu Caixão is absolved by this court because there isn't enough evidence to prove that his crimes, uh, that he's guilty of his crimes. Yeah. And he's sitting there with like bandaged eyes over his, like a big scarf over his face. We see a lot of his like hands with the long, horrible nails. The nails, the nails are at a 100. Like they are bad they are a thousand times worse than the first time que asco horrible <laughs> these nails are like going over women's legs and like crotches and stuff and like yeah. we see a pool of floating bones and some more screaming and then we see Zed getting his bandages removed and now he can finally see again and just as he opens his eyes he starts to cackle and we get our title card esta noite encarnarei no teu cadáver the the drums leading up to it were like but it made me think of like um what's the song big girls don't cry like Which is so weird because, like, Uh, the drums start rolling in and he's just, like, he looks so happy at first, but then he starts to cackle like a demon. Yeah. So we see his little town. Same little town from before. People in the streets hanging out, minding their business. A group of people are, like, watching a gypsy do a tambourine dance. I don't know. When all of a sudden someone runs up to this group of people watching this gypsy dance and he's, like, Zed Lukashong, he's coming. And all hell breaks loose. Literally everyone in town starts running back to their homes moms start grabbing kids from the street and running another woman gets like is pulling water from a well and she's like fuck it i don't need it and she leaves it behind yeah. 
A bunch of people uh, haciendo la señal de la cruz. They're like, en nombre del Padre, del Hijo y Espíritu Santo. They're like, get me out of here. Yeah. And from the top of the street, we see him arrive in his signature black top hat, his all black fit, his beard, mm -hmm. his unibrow. And he, of course, walks in. And this mm -hmm. is the first moment we get. Now, okay. Just so everybody knows, mm -hmm. I'm going to not say every time he fully has a speech about how humanity is filled with idiots that believe in things that shouldn't be believed in, that he is the smartest man, that he is the superior <sighs> man. It's literally every five fucking minutes that he says and stops and has a full soliloquy oh my about... God. Full. How fucking great he is. Had all that shit been cut out and they had left one moment where he would explain, like, this is why I am the way I am and this is what I believe. This movie is almost two fucking hours long. Yeah. It would have been an hour 20 minutes. And I would have been thankful. Yes. This movie, oh not God. only is it almost two hours long, but it feels longer than that. Yes. It feels long. So he shows up and it's the first of all of these sayings where he's like, people have remained the same. They're all ignorant and superstitious and inferior, but they will accept the truth even if I have to make their eyes shed tears of blood. Like, relax, my guy we're back at his funeral home that he ran all back in the day still but now he's got a new assistant and his name is bruno and bruno Who? is <laughs> bruno's supposed to be like an igor type character yeah. it seems he's ugly he's got a hunchback he's like slack jawed and like he's, it looks like he's got bad skin like like acne or or, or an acid burn yeah, or something, something horrible something is bad with his face so Zay looks out of the window from his funeral home and he sees a group of kids playing and he turns to his assistant bruno and he's like dude nothing is more perfect than a fucking child and you're just like what yeah <laughs> at the top here i was like who is this man is this our yeah. same zedukaishan is has he changed and he literally is like god i love a kid <laughs> not oh. in like that way but yeah, like but he's like, just like they're so innocent and perfect and they grow up and then he turns in he's like they grow up to be full idiots that believe in the immortality of the spirit mm -hmm. and that they're too stupid to see that the only truth of life is the immortality of blood okay okay, okay. soliloquy two Got soliloquy it. we do <laughs> so he, he goes on this diatribe of like the only way to be immortal is to basically have an heir is what sure. it, i feel it is right yeah. so he goes outside to watch the kids play some more and i don't know bask in their innocence and he sees <laughs> a motorcycle coming down the street at todo mamon he is like flying down the street and he's about to crash into this group of kids yeah and they all move aside except for one stupid kid where zay jumps and pushes him out of the motorcycle's way saving this kid's life uh, here i had a moment where i was like Am I going to like Zedukaishan? And it was such a turn from the other movie that you're like, well, how all of a sudden What's he gives on? a shit about what? Yeah. Okay. So on the ground with the child who is like crying that he almost got killed by a motorcycle, he's comforting the kid and he, his horrible nails are Ooh. all over this kid's little Ugh, face. I was like, the nails. por favor. And he's like, look, don't. it's okay. Don't feel bad. And he starts playing him a little like, 
music box like he it almost looks like a hand radio Uh but the song that plays is like very tinkly it's tinkly like like a music box and it goes which is a very famous brazilian song anyways He's playing this like weird music box for this kid when his mom comes running over and she's like, uh, get away from my fucking kid, you freak. (laughs) And she takes him away. After yelling at the guy on the motorcycle about how he should be taking care of precious children, he's fucking obsessed with kids. Zed goes back to his funeral home and in there, there's a woman randomly. And this is Masia. Masia, yeah. Who we will later Uh see again. And Masia compliments Zay, and she's like, you are very brave You for jumping in front of that motorcycle. You're a hero. And she's like, meus parabéns. Oh, meus so parabéns. Oh. And, <laughs> and then she leaves. And he is stone-faced. He's just like, who the fuck is this? Exactly. <laughs> He's so weird. And so yeah. Zay asks Bruno, who the fuck that be? Who that bitch is? Like up in my <laughs> funeral home. And Bruno says that she's the heiress of Morani, whatever that is. Oh, and, I did not catch that whatsoever. Okay. And sure. she lives, she's got money. Yeah, she's got money. She lives across the street alone that since she's since she arrived two months ago. And Zay is like, oh my God, fucking great. I'm gonna find a woman who's gonna immortalize my blood. By ba- basically giving me a son. So now we see, okay, it's not a montage, but I'm not going to explain every fucking moment of this. The The way the camera is shot is they're all point of view shots. So we mm-hmm. see six different women get attacked and abducted by someone, but it's as if we, the viewer, are the one that is like approaching and attacking this woman. Three of the women are just like random women on their own. One of them is a woman at home who has a drunk husband she's pregnant and she finally is over this drunk husband she goes into her room packs a bag and that's where the abductor is and he takes her we have two sisters arriving at like a train station where he literally is like pounces on these two sisters and the final woman that gets abducted is marcia yeah right before marcia gets abducted she looks outside her house and there's a man who (laughs) Like, who looks like a strong man, like a, yeah, one of those. like a circus guy. Like a circus yeah, guy. totally. He's got a vest, and he's bald, and he's, like, hanging out outside her house. She looks over, and she says, Pesistenci. You mean he's stalking you. Stalking, basically. <laughs> yeah. And she dismisses the butler and maid that she has that are there in the room with her, and once they're gone, that's when these two gloved hands approach that look like they're going to choke her. But Marcia says, stop. There's no need for violence. I've been waiting for you. Yes. Okay. okay. A crowd is gathered in front of, I think it's either the church or like the local police station. And they are fucking pissed off because these six women that have been abducted haven't been found yet. The government officials haven't helped to find them. And the town basically wants their wives and daughters back. They... (laughs) They blame Zedu Kaishong because he looks like the devil and he is the only one that seems indifferent to this town's tragedy of being of like these missing women. Literally, somebody's like, he doesn't care that we're going through it right now. So it must have been him. I mean, honestly, it was him, guys. Like, <laughs> 
Spoiler Hello, alert. It's fucking it, it Zedu Kaishan. The mob is like, let's arrest him before he runs away. We know it's him. And Beauty and the Beast style, they turn yeah. all together to go and find Zedu Kaishan. But lo and behold, who's standing right there behind him but Zed himself. And this motherfucker has a cape on. He's standing like a superhero. Like oh, fists cool. on his hips. Peter Pan like arms. Like we're Peter talking. Pan stance. Oh, like who, who the fuck do you think you are, my guy? He basically says... Look, you think I'm guilty because I look different and believe in different things than you do, which I was like, okay, the man's got a point. I wrote the exact same thing. I was like, I get this. I understand where you're coming from. And it's at this point that I'm like, now close your mouth. Now shut up. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) But of course, he (laughs) believes he's this superior asshole, so he must continue talking. Which he absolutely does. And he's like, I'm just as guilty as any of you. The only people that are innocent are children. Again, he has a whole thing with like only children. I love children. Bring me the children. (laughs) I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. (laughs) But And basically, he says, listen, I'll bring in this criminal that you keep th- talking about that have uh, has abducted our women. And he points right at the camera with his crazy fingernail. And he's like, you, you can have the fucking justice you want. Okay. We get it. Now we're in the room where all these abducted women are being held. And they all are wearing like a see-through nightgown, it seems like. Some titties are out, some are not. Yeah. Like, like, surprise. I was like, boobs. a good amount of boob in this movie. And their captor comes in, and you guessed it, it's Zedu Kaishong, like we said. Shocker. And he gives another fucking speech about how important the immortality <sighs> of blood is, and that the man is only immortal through the fetus. What the, the fuck? <laughs> he's like, one of you is going to give me a fetus. <laughs> oh, my God. Basically, he's like, even if you're imperfect, I'm starting an immortal race, but she has to be the most complete of women and I picked you six women because of your lack of faith. Mm. And he's like, four of you were raised by atheist priests, not priests. <laughs> four-, <laughs> four of you are raised by atheist parents. Uh, Jean Jira over here, who is the woman that was married to the drunk, the drunk? guy. Okay. He's like, you were married, but not through the tur- not through the Catholic Church. And Masia, everyone in town says that you're a godless woman. And it's like, <laughs> dude. Oh, man. Basically, he's like, I need to find the perfect woman so that I can have my perfect son to start our perfect lineage okay hitler like you sound like fucking hitler it's so hitlery and also i'm so glad that you caught all that because my eyes were glazing oh because I'm, ta- I'm i'm saying his speech is 10 minutes long if you think i didn't have to rewind this speech a solid four different times to understand it and catch it all I mean, I literally I can't imagine was like, how Ugh. frustrating this must have been to fucking take notes on this shit. Basically, he says, you're going to give me this and in exchange, I'm going to give you fortune. And he opens a treasure box full of trinkets and gold shit, I guess. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just want to say that this movie is in black and white. So yes, you, right. you can't really tell that it's gold stuff. You just see a bunch of shit in a, in a trunk and you're like, great. And then he goes on to say, if I don't pick you to be my womb then maybe you'll live or maybe you'll die 
Who fucking knows? Depends on how I'm feeling. These six women are now sleeping in their weird dorm room. Like there's a single bed for each one of them. It's dorm so... room for kidnapped women. It looks like a like a camp sleepover. Like it's so weird. Under the door, Zedlu Kaishung releases a bunch of tarantulas. Oh my god. There's some peepholes that he created that he's watching through creepily. And these hundreds of spiders are just like crawling all over these women on their bare legs and butts. And <laughs> I wrote, Johnny is freaking out. I hated this. It also it went on for a very long time, but I found so it effective long. because yes. it's a lot of fucking spiders. And the fact that these spiders again are on these women, like the one and in real. fucking Man Noich, and real yeah. and big and hairy and horrible. Holy, <laughs> yes. I don't know how they did it. And they're Jesus. going up their dresses and Ugh. on their chests Everywhere. and on their, on their faces. faces. Yes, dude. And they're and these women are just sleeping. Like oh, it yeah. takes them forever to finally realize that, like they're covered oh, in a fucking spiders. Fucking sp- tarantula on me until finally one of them wakes up screams bloody murder and then another one and another one and another another one and they all freak out except for masia interesting so then bruno bruno <laughs> so then bruno comes in and he's just got a bucket and is collecting yeah. the spiders from off of the women and masia straight up helping him she's like i'll get this one <laughs> yeah got here you it. go <laughs> Zed Lukashon comes in and he tells these women, I was a test to see who has courage. You're all medrosas, pusillanimes, which I really, like, I was like, whoa, what a word. And I Googled what the fuck it. What mean? So it means, I don't know if it's pus- pusillanimous. Whoa. Pusillanimous. Pusillanimous. And it means showing a lack of courage or determination. Timid. That's like a fucking word Moira Rose would say. Absolutely. Pusillanimous. Shit's Creek <laughs> over here is like Medrosas, Pusillanimous. And and every one of you except Masia. Mm-hmm. And he goes over and he tells her, You wait for me in my bedroom. Gross. Ew. So now they're in like a science lab? Or Dude, like a what? It's like beep boop beep boop. <laughs> and there's like a random parrot in the background. That's yeah. like a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful parrot just I'm chilling in there, chilling, hanging out. <laughs> and he takes the other five women, and he basically is like, "I'm gonna kill you guys, but not before promising Bruno, one of the women <sighs> that are there, and he gets to pick which one he wants to take for himself." And Bruno, it's horrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And Bruno picks one of the two sisters, and as Bruno takes her away, fucking Zedukaishong fully slaps the other sister yeah and he yells now goes to the dramas you started the drama you Bitch. fucking dick you you, you started you this. came up in here and stole six of our town's women that's that means that's you started drama. this drama that's drama idiot. baby <laughs> So literally, Ugh. not even two minutes go by. Bruno comes back with this woman, Jisi is her name, Jisi uh-huh. in his arms, and she's fucking dead. Just killed her in two minutes, and her sister is literally there, like, "Well, Lose. this fucking sucks." <laughs> yeah, my sister is <laughs> dead, and everybody's like shocked and crying. And Zedukaishong makes this crazy ass face, a classic like zoom of his horrible like, yeah, like eyebrows, moving eyebrows moving, and mouth weird. Lips. Ugh, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and he screams, Shiga! Enough. 
And basically, he turns to these women and says, okay, I'm giving you a choice. You can either go behind door number one over here, <laughs> which yeah. you, you don't know what's going on back Who there, knows? or you can go with Bruno. What do you think I'm going to pick? And even then, even knowing, like, I'm going to the doors, he's like, let me just show you what'll happen to you if you go with Bruno. And he goes over mm-hmm. to the dead body of Jixi and he pours a goopy acid on her face, which makes it like bubble and like scar horribly. And honestly, yeah. this was a pretty cool effect for me. That was her face. Her face. I don't know how they did that. I They must have put something to cover it or algo, no sé, pero it looked fucking awesome. Yeah, it looked great. So then he turns around to the women again. He's like, okay, so decide. And he counts to three and the remaining four women go behind door number one. And he locks them behind the door. And then you hear them like banging and screaming, no, open the door. No, no, no. So now we're in Zedukashan's bedroom and Masia's there with a little kitty. Very cute. Hey. And he approaches her and she seems into it. And it's like, yes, girl. And they lie down on a bed and he reaches over and he pulls like a like a big cord knob curtain looking thing. And behind the curtain knob <laughs> thing is a painting of a demon or Satan, I'm assuming. I didn't Did you see, fucking see that? No. I thought you didn't believe in Satan, Zay. I thought you That's, didn't believe. Okay, there is such a contra like he is a hypocrite. He's like, I don't He's believe in anything. Hypocrite. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the devil. Pero... And then he sleeps under a painting of Satan. What are you doing? Yeah, fuck you. So <laughs> <laughs> so he pulls this cord and a panel behind the door, like basically on his like headboard, moves over and he we see the four women in a pit that he put behind the door. He pulls the cord again and now a bunch of snakes slither into this pit. Hundreds of snakes just like the fucking spiders yeah. and they're all crawling over these four women and like attacking them and Zay and Masia upstairs on the bed are fully like making out while they watch as these women are <laughs> screaming okay so these actresses first of all had to be covered in spiders and now they're literally they're covered Holding, in snakes like around their Live, necks and their arms yes horrible i, I would never Absolutely no. not. We see a, another one of those shots of his horrible nails going up Masia's legs and, and stuff. And the quivering lips. What's Ugh. he? That's uh, like you directed this. Why? He did it in the first one too. Why do you want us to see your fucking quivering lips? No entiendo. Horrible. <laughs> so Masia and him are really getting into it, and they're about to fuck when Masia stops, and she's like, "Stop! I can't stand the cruelty." Because this whole time they're hearing the women like screaming bloody murder, yeah. and in the pit, Janjira, who is the wife of the drunk, she is standing there, and she obviously is like either been bit or is choking or both, and she is like oh, yeah. dying of snake. <laughs> Snake-related injuries. (laughs) (laughs) She looks up and she basically curses Zay and she's like, you'll never have the son that you've been talking about. I will return to avenge the death that you're causing me right now. And then as she's cursing him and telling him that he's a fucking garbage person, he plays the from his little music box again. No entiendo. Yo tampoco. It comes back throughout the film and I don't understand the meaning. 
annoying. But also, yes, Janjira. Janjira. I fucking love her. Amazing. Yeah, she's like looking right, like literally a I huge snake and, mm-hmm. and on her neck. Like, I cursed the day you were born, basically. And giving us like very old school, like drama fainting performance, like eyes not focused. Like, yes. I loved her right here. She yeah. was so good. She falls to the ground. You see her titties covered in snakes and she yeah. fucking kicks the bucket and dies. So Masia turns around and she's basically like, I'm ready to die too. She's like, what are you going to do to me? And says like, don't worry about it. I'm letting you go. You were very brave. And I know that you're never going to turn me in because you love me. Amas me. Which now not a lot of people will get this unless you're like Brazilian or a fluent Portuguese speaker. Uh But like the way that things were worded in this film is very old school Portuguese. Okay. He, like this phrase in particular, amas me, mm. you would say, você me ama nowadays. Yeah. Amas me is very formal, very oh. much old school. Amas wow. me. Okay. So he says, you love me, but this, but this love you feel for me is also a weakness because again, I'm better than everybody and the love corrupts the mind. So if it wasn't for the fact that you loved me, then you probably would have been the one that I have a child with. And it's and like, Maxio's like, dude, okay. you, well, sounds good. Yeah. I, I love you. Bye. I love you. Bye. See ya. <laughs> And then we see Bruno dump the four bodies of these women that were killed in the snake pit into a lake. Now we're in the town's colonel's house. Marcia's there and she's like, I was on a trip. I don't know about this horrible kidnapping of these women. Yeah. This is very weird. What a coincidence. And the colonel and the cops that are there and all like there's... A million people in this room. Like, why are there so many people here? Yeah. Including Zed Caixão, who's of there. Course. And he's like, it was a coincidence. And yet we still have no clues as to who's been kidnapping our women. So outside, as Zed Caixão is leaving, there's like a crowd of people and the crowd parts and we see the colonel's daughter arriving. This is Laura. Mm. And she arrives in this like little carreta with two other people. They lock eyes and Zed walks over to her. But Truncador, the fucking strongman circus dude, gets in between them. And they do like a, he's like trying to be tougher and stronger than Zedu Kaishon. And we get a moment that also happened in uh, Amea Noichi, which mm-hmm. is the zoom in and like close-up shot of his eye that turns bloodshot and red when he's mad. Yeah. <laughs> so that happens, and Zedu Kaishon turns, he grabs an old man's cane. <laughs> this is a comedy bit right here. Absolutely. This is ridiculous what he, he does. <laughs> grabs this old man's cane, and with the hook end part of the cane, he turn he grabs Truncado's neck and swings him around, yeah. twirling together before <laughs> kicking him into a big pile of mud. There were parts in Man Noichu where he also used he loves a prop to yeah. attack people. Yeah. I can't specifically remember. I think he used like a, a crown of thorns or something yes, in the first yes. one. But then he also loves an awkward foot kick. Loves it. So he kicked 
truncador into the mud, and then he turns to Laura, still in the carreta. He tips his top hat to her, uh, good day, oh. ma'am, and uh, walks away. And she turns to her friend in the carreta, and she's like, is he invited to the party? I'm very no, interested. My love him. Did you see his black cape and weird <laughs> eyebrows? Loved it. And the, her friend is like, no, dude, everyone in town hates him, including your dad. Literally, he is the worst. Let it go. And Laura's like, ooh, yeah. Like That's him even more. Guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cut to the party. People are dancing, and there's drinks and food. And then all of a sudden, Laura sits at the piano and she's like oh tickling, <laughs> tickling them ivories. She is like Her, a ding ling ling ding. She's clearly not playing the piano, but the song, they could have picked a better song for her to play because it's like the fastest piano solo you've ever heard and her finger is just like kind of tickling them, tickling in the ivories. Like They're just, just a ding ding ding. <laughs> doing her best. Enter Zedukaishon, and the butler at the door is like, bro, you can't come in unless you have an invite. And Zedukaishon hands him his business card? This isn't an invite. It literally says, funeraria. And then I noticed his whole name is Josuel Zanatais, which if you Mm -hmm. spell that backwards is Satanais. Yeah. Stupid. And the butler turns around and is just like, okay, I guess you're cool and lets him in. Like, dude, do your job. That's not an invite. Oh, whatever. The entire room turns and they're like (gasps) clutching pearls that Zedukaishon is here. Because he ruins every single, everywhere he goes, he ruins ruins the party, ruins the mood. And he walks right up to Laura at the piano. He says to her, tomorrow at midnight, I'll wait for you at the Alameda das Flores Vermelhas. And then he turns around and leaves. We get the classic shot from the previous film, an owl, a coruja. Remember the coruja from the first movie? Absolutely. The fake one. This one was a beautiful real one. And we see that Laura is approaching Zedukaishon at the Alameda das Flores Vermelhas. And he says to her, I like that you're punctual. He grabs her face very violently with his crazy nails. And he asks her, are you afraid of me? And she's like, nah, dude. (laughs) He pulls out a sword. Nah, dude. <laughs> he pulls out a switchblade and holds it up to her neck, and he's like, Qual é sua crença? What is your belief? And she says, Você. Você, you. Ooh. What superior force is there between life and death? Again, she says, Você. And then he takes the switchblade away, leaving like, he like sliced her up a little her. bit, and he asks her, What does she want in life? And she says, I want a son born from two perfect beings. So basically, these two fucking people are made for each other. They believe in the same fucking shit. How sweet. She believes only in him, and he believes only in himself. So great. You're perfect. And not humble at all. Two perfect beings. I can see several imperfections in both of you. Again, Okay, Hitler. Totally. Hitler and fucking Ava Braun over here. Oh, my God. And he turns around and he says, great, well, a time will come when you can prove that you're worthy of being the superior woman, and then you'll be my son's mom. Bye. And he leaves. 
It's the morning at the colonel's house and Claudio, Laura's brother, goes up to her and, she, and he's like, bitch, I know what you're doing. You're going to be with fucking Zedu Kaishong. How the fuck no. do you think this is cool? He is literally the devil's incarnate. What do you think you're doing? And she's like, Idai, I'm into it. I'm fucking Zedu Kaishong if I want to. You can't stop me. <laughs> and she's like, what if oh, I want to Laura. be the devil's mistress? And Claudio is like, I will not have this. He goes over to Zed to his funeral home. In the funeraria, Claudio says, I'll buy all of your properties twice as much as what they're worth if you'll get the fuck out of this town right now. Like, like literally today. today. And Zed's like, sure, not a problem. You got a deal. But Zed Lukashon has a plan. Oh, and he goes, to see <laughs> he goes to see Marcia. <sighs> and she's like, oh, are you here to kill me? And he's like, no, I'm here for you to collaborate with me. It's time for a collab. <laughs> Come and help me with my plan. Back at the funeraria, Claudio shows up and he hands Zedu Caixão a big ass bag of money that he promised. But right behind him, Bruno shows up and puts Claudio in a headlock and Zed smacks him with his bag of money. And Claudio... <laughs> and he actually like, smacks hard. him with that fucking bag. Yeah. In, in the, the face. face. Damn. And then Claudio gets dragged away. Meanwhile, Marcia is seducing Truncador, mm -hmm. who, is, who used to be her stalker. And now she's yeah. kissing him. And she's like, oh, my God, oh. your muscles. Uh, he is very muscly. Very muscly. And she's like, but it can't just be all muscles. You have to give me comfort and lushu, which is... Lushu. I love that word. <laughs> love that word. <laughs> lushu e mais dinheiro. She wants money, luxury, mm -hmm. and muscles, I guess. And Truncador is like, yes, girl, anything to get into them pants. I've been waiting for this for so long. And she's like, by the way, go get us some drinks. And he's like, you got it. So now we're at the local bar. And Bruno comes in and he's like... Hello, my boss wants to challenge anyone to a game of poker. <laughs> and Truncador uh, is at the bar because he's getting booze for him and Marcia. And he's like, I'll play fucking poker. You tell your fucking boss to bring hella money because I'm a fucking win. Because he's ready to pay for Marcia's luxuries. So now we're in Zez's lab slash pit slash oh. like catacomb mm -hmm. thing. I don't, who knows? And Claudio is tied up. And in front of him, there are two big ass boulders, one on the ground. And one of them is suspended above it in, by like a pulley system. Zez splashes him with a bucket of water. And he's like, look, look at this rat on this boulder. Bruno flicks a switch and the suspended boulder falls and smashes this rat. We get a splash of blood that squirts out from between the rocks. Again, I'm traumatized, dude, because I covered my You're ready. eyes again. <laughs> I, I was like, this this movie is so old. They you might have really know. squished that rat. Yeah. I'm not going to look. But no, they definitely. First of all, that rock, you could a thousand percent see that it was <laughs> paper mache so <laughs> yeah. there's no way even if it did smash over that rat that rat lived a healthy long life afterwards oh i'm so glad zed tells bruno prepare claudio and he straps claudio down on the boulder zed gives another crazy speech about humanity uh, and blood and uh, god he says he's the salvation mm -hmm. of humanity absolutely good lord and humans are idiots because they believe in things that don't exist like god if that 
that's the case, then I would be the one tied to the rock and not you, cloud you, and Ugh. that proves that you're wrong and I'm right and I'm the best and you suck. He says, if you end up in heaven, say hello to the angels, but if you end up in hell, da meu endereço ao diabo, <laughs> which is give my address to the devil. <laughs> I hope he writes. Send him my regards. Uh, and then he smashes Claudio's head in between Which is cool. the two boulders, killing him. Big gush of blood. Yeah. Well done. At the bar, Ze and his horrible nails and hands are shuffling cards. And Truncado, who is supposedly a really good poker player because he's been playing since he was a little kid, is hella confident. Mm. But turns out Ze is better than him and beats him at poker. And Truncado leaves hella pissed and he's like, Zet tells him, you better bring me my fucking money, my guy. And as Truncador leaves and is in the alley, Bruno is outside waiting and he bops Truncador on the head. Truncador goes unconscious on the ground. Mm -hmm. Inside the bar, everybody hears some commotion outside. They run out to see. So they see Truncador on the floor and next to him is a body and there's an open bag of money. The idea is here that Bruno is framing Truncador Correct. to make it seem like he killed Claudio and stole the money. Yes. And we cut to the police station where Marcia is fully going with that and framing Truncador even further. She's Girl, like, he's been why? stalking me forever. He said that he was going to get a bunch of money so that I can have a bunch of luxu in exchange of my love. And Truncador is in the jail cell like, she's a fucking bitch. She's fucking lying. Bullshit. This is bullshit. Zé Ducachon is there, by the way. Oh, he's everywhere. He's fucking Ugh. everywhere. And he turns into the officer. He's like, by the way, where's the colonel? And the officer's like, oh, he's too obsessed set over his son's death and Zay all smug is like oh yes well there you go I've caught you you're criminal he's here I did it what I promised in your face so now we're at Claudio's funeral and Laura is not attending Laura's in her bedroom and she senses that Zay is outside her room very Dracula for me because she opens yeah, the window yeah. and he's down on the ground floor and she's at the top there he is and she meets him outside and she asks him is this our time is it now Have, are we about to get it on Zay is like I killed your brother yeah Okay. She's like, awesome. Yeah. Love, love it. it. turned on. I want to be <laughs> yours. And uh, this is enough for him to be like, okay, you're the superior woman and the, the woman to be the mother of my son. They fall to the ground. He rips her nightgown off and you see her boobs. <sighs> it goes from the funeral back to this like sex scene and yeah. funeral sex scene. And he takes her underwear off and another zoom quivering in. Lips. Quivering lips. Quivering lips. Awful. Ugh, dude, why are you showing us your quivering lips? But it is fucked that She's, they're having sex. As her... Her brother's funeral is there. It's horrible. And you can hear the people mourning, like yeah. singing. Oof. Terrible. So they kiss. <laughs> no, I don't like it's, it. <laughs> and it's gross. Now at the police station, we see that Truncador has escaped. The jailer is the best. The jailer's like... He is... The arms in the air. Where, is, where could he be? <laughs> oh, he's so good. I love him. Stole the movie for me. The best. 
Turns out the colonel is the one that set Truncador free because he wants mm-hmm. Truncador to help him destroy Zé do Caixão. Now, we're at the bar and Janjira's the the woman with the snakes that cursed Zé do Caixão, Janjira's mm-hmm. drunk ass husband is there and he's drunk again and he's sad because he still has no news of his disappeared wife and he feels really guilty because she was pregnant mm-hmm. and Zé do Caixão obviously is everywhere so he's in the background and he overhears this dude say that she was pregnant oh fuck which for him you know he loves children are the children are our future (laughs) (laughs) so he goes back home and he's obviously incredibly upset and laura is there and she's like what's going on what's happened why are you upset tell me i don't leave me in this torment and he (laughs) freaks the fuck out yeah smashes her face like he fully smashes and pushes her she falls to the ground he's about to throw a fucking like tiny statue at her but he stops himself and he's like listen i found out that one of the women that i killed was pregnant i killed a child and she's like it's okay uh why are you freaking out you destroyed an imperfection Woo, Laura. Laura. Damn, girl. Fuck. Lady Hitler okay. over here. <laughs> yeah. And Zay's like, yeah, but all I can hear now is Janjira's curse about reincarnation, which you know I believe is a lie. And she's like, I know. I think it's a lie, too. These two idiots. I oh, want to kick them in the dick. You're the worst. The worst. And then he's like, and I still haven't planted my seed in you. Why can I have a son yet? Shut up. And also, this is the point where I was like, "You okay, you two. Laura, Zé, what if you have a girl? Truly. You fucking assholes. Probably kill it, I bet you. Oh my God. So, Laura and Zé are in bed. Zé's getting ready to go to sleep. He blows. This is hilarious. (laughs) The two of them in bed just like, I'm reading a book. (laughs) (laughs) like this really yeah okay just hanging out a simple (laughs) evening at home he's ready to go to bed and he blows out his candle and in the corner standing there is a tall black thin creepy figure like a body holy shit scary scary this was fucking scary legitimately very scary yeah and this is where i was like oh it looks like the a the american horror story like totally because it looks like it has latex or like some sort because it's bald it's it doesn't Mm -hmm. there's no discernible human it almost seems like almost like faceless yes yes it was fucking scary i was like well done. Whoa, holy shit, the one good fucking thing here. So <laughs> the creature goes up to Zet on his bed and pulls his feet and yanks him off the bed and he's screaming and screaming for Laura. The creature is like laughing a horrible laugh, like <laughs> Yeah. and then he keeps pulling him through the house and they end up in a graveyard and from the tombs this is where we saw at the top all the hands start coming out of the graves very cool very cool grabbing at him pulling at Zedukaishong everything and finally one of the pairs of hands grabs him by the head and yanks him into the ground and it sounds like he's falling he's screaming in the darkness and he lands on the ground and all of a sudden, Wizard of Oz style, we're in color. Yeah, which I'm not going to lie to you. It took me. It didn't uh, even click. Me neither. It took me like five minutes to be like, yeah. oh my God, hold on. 
This is color. It clicked for me when the sequence ended and all of a sudden we were in black and white. And I was like, why are we in black and white now? And then I was like, holy shit. I didn't even realize. Totally. Basically, Zé do Caixão is in hell. We hear moans and groans everywhere. (laughs) It's kind of like stereotypical moans and groans, but I liked it. I love this sequence. It's very like, you know, kind of cheesy, cheap haunted house that you would go into, but I fucking, like, I would have been obsessed with this as a kid. He's uh, He looks up and there's that tall, thin, naked man, but this time you kind of see his face. He laughs and in a puff of smoke he disappears and Zay like is crawling on this ground that is like moving and pulsating and it seems to talk to him because the voice from the ground is like please help me I'm suffering I've made so many mistakes life has laws a vida tem leis and then they just keep screaming leis leis laws laws Zay stands up and he walks up over to a wall which is also like moving and pulsing and another complaint of I'm suffering in here in this cave (laughs) Uh, Just a, I have a small complaint. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) in hell, I don't know if you can talk to somebody for me, but I'm suffering. Okay. (laughs) He goes into this random cave and he feels something on his face, and he looks up, and there's like legs and faces like protruding, but also almost seems like like stone is encased around them yeah it's very cool and yeah, they're dripping, dripping blood, blood, all, blood over the place. all over him and he's like ill gross beneath him the floor opens up like literally the ground just cracks open and he falls in more screams and moans and all these naked people like they look like stalactites and stalagmites or whatever the words are and they're screaming and yelling and then there's like a naked red demon man with a pitchfork just stabbing at all these people just poking these motherfuckers did you notice that in the walls at one point i don't know what it was but like there's arms and legs coming out a of the butt. walls a butt. <laughs> i was like are those boobs or is that a at butt the, but it's, it's literally at the just very like end cheeks. it's at the very yeah. end they show an, more heads and things poking out of this wall uh, and they kind of like zoom in on it i'm like it was a butt okay amazing butt. well what a choice eh? way to go So these bodies are like writhing and he's like walking through this like hellscape of whatever's going on. And people are like on the ground crawling with these wheat with these demons like whipping at them and like also poking them with with the pitchforks. And then blood is streaming from the walls. Tiny craters are like erupting steam and smoke and lines of people that are chained up also getting whipped and stabbed and whatever and Zed is like screaming like no this is a lie this isn't real this isn't possible same as the first one he turns and he sees a man sitting on a throne dressed up as Caesar like he looks like a Roman (laughs) character from Julius Caesar totally and but it's surrounded by naked women and two pillars with two screaming heads at the top of it you see that the two heads on the pillars yes human arrives and like looks at caesar and caesar is like cackling and having a great time and the other is like no this is crazy i can't believe it and he's like you brought me to hell to tell me that i'm doomed to the tortures of hell and the fucking caesar 
throws a lightning bolt and we see more heads and legs embedded into the ground getting pitchforked another lightning bolt and more people getting tortured like a full like metal nail and hammered in the head right and then another bolt and then more whipping that's where we saw the butt and then <sighs> another bolt and people were being like crucified upside down and mo- getting whipped like whipped on the boobs dude yes this looked actually painful for these actors yeah but still, humans is like, nope, I'm eternal. I'll never be tortured. My life is eternal. Another bolt from Caesar Z, and there's a pit filled with blood and snakes. And the four women that he killed like rise up from this pit, and they keep repeating, yes. "Vou encarnar em teu cadáver. Vou encarnar uh, em teu cadáver." And I then, love it so much. And they like approach Z, and he screams and the camera like zooms into his mouth and then we see that he was dreaming and he's we're back in black and white he's waking up from a nightmare also screaming and he's yelling hell doesn't exist it doesn't exist but i was there my victims exclaiming for revenge and laura wakes up shaking him being like hell doesn't exist what are you talking about it doesn't exist she's like you're strong and invincible and says like i still have traces of like the dumb things that my parents believed in and that other humans believed in so i need to have a son now like i need to do generational it. trauma absolutely Oh, my God. But you're dealing with it like a fucking asshole, dude. So the colonel and Truncador meet with some other men so that they can plan to destroy Zedo Caixão. But he tells them, I want him alive. And the entire town is like, did you hear that they have a fucking like group that they're going to go catch Zedo Caixão? Get the fuck out of here. Let's not be around. Oh, my God. Close your windows. Close your doors. Hide your kids. (laughs) Hide your wife. Because they're about to fucking grab Zedo Caixão. Back at Zez's house, a doctor comes to see Laura. And guess what? She pregnant. Oh, God. And literally... Hallelujah, please. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was... Again, I could not believe that they decided to play this. But also... He picks her up and, and they're spinning around spinning. like they're just the happiest, proudest parents. And he says, the people need to know, dude, they don't like you and they don't fucking care. Absolutely not. Who? I just, I cannot fathom the narcissism. The the, oh my God. I cannot do it. It burns my ass. And he goes I can't. to the bar to go and let everybody yeah. know. He takes a little boat and he goes to the bar and he's hella... And no- Nobody's fun. Nobody showed there's up. There's no one there. He's like, why won't nobody but want to drink with me? Because they're oh, and they're man. jealous of my superiority. Go fuck yourself. Whatever, Whatever you got to say to yourself. So he's walking down the streets, going home because obviously nobody wanted to fucking drink with him. And everyone in town is closing their windows and doors. They're like, oh shit, here it comes. We're about to get it. It's gonna happen. They're so excited. And he's listening to his little in his little music box when all of a sudden. Bam, Truncador is there. And then he turns and then there's another man and then another and another and he's surrounded. Mm. And he yells, I got to defend my unborn son from these inferior men. He cannot die. He has to live so that he can see his son. Okay. We get another bloodshot close up of the eyeball. He throws the tobacco from his pipe 
in a guy's face. Yes. He leapfrogs over the man and then jumps up to try and grab the wall but he to try and climb it, but he can't. So he falls. The men surround him and toss him like a salad. They punch him in the face. They kick him in the head. Hilarious. They head, karate they chops. They are karate, karate chopping chops. his ass. They're like headbutting him, all of it. Awkward foot kicks. So many. <laughs> they finally load him up on the carreta because they're ready to take him to the colonel because they're like, we can't kill him. The colonel wants him alive. So the men also climb on the carreta and they're laughing at him like, oh, look at this pussy. What a piece of shit. How is this town afraid of this fucking asshole? And without them noticing, Ze grabs two blades from the, what is that called? The lapellets? Not lapels, but like, you know how? From what? I thought he was his leg shackles. Please tell me what it was. I could not tell. (laughs) Where did he grab it from? From his, like, no. (laughs) The horse. (laughs) <laughs> the horse is like, here you go, dude. Couple blades for you. <laughs> Could not see. No, he reaches okay. up. Like I think it was oh, in man. the air, in the place where his cape is connected to his like jacket. He's got blades There's in there. Blades in there, and he grabbed these oh, two blades, and he s- and he uses it with his feet. Wait, <laughs> he like. Re- <laughs> Oh man. He reaches down oh, wow. to his feet and he he shoves these blades into his shoes and then Yeah. And then he fully like scissor chops the guy. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking I thought it was I thought it was I did. Listen, did I watch a different movie cuz I was like what are you doing? I have no fucking clue. I thought they were leg shackles. Man. He, with the blades that he grabbed from his cape and then he uh, okay. popped in his shoes, he fucking, <laughs> he fucking yeah. brings his ankles together and chops the dude in the neck and whenever he, yeah. and pushes him off the carreta. And so he jumps off the carreta too with the men like, you know, chasing after him and Zeh heads over to his little boat that he parked earlier before he went to the bar and he grabs an axe that was in the boat and one of the men finds him. His name was Cadavericu, which means skeletal. Oh. Well, he was very skinny. Not skeletal. It means ca- cadavery looking. Like you look like a ca- corpse. Yeah, corpse-esque. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. So he shows up and says, like, fuck you, and fucking slams that axe right Ooh. in his fucking forehead, killing the dude. Very cool. This was like full Friday the 13th. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of murder, you know, axe to the face. So the remaining men, including Truncador, they find Cadaverico, and they're like, oh, I swear to God, I'm going to kill this. They say, okay, this is a fun word in Portuguese that means, like, devil, mm-hmm. but it's, like, one of the smaller devils. You call it capeta. Ooh. It's capeta. Usually when somebody's, like, mischievous and devilish, you're like, uh-huh. you're being a capeta. Oh, nice. Didn't catch it. So they're like, oh, we gotta catch this fucking capeta. And so Zé is right behind them, and he's like, oh, yeah? Well, come and get me. And they Here turn, and they fall into a swamp mm-hmm. and he plays his little leaning thing 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 as these three men drown in the swamp so now we see Masia and she's pouring something into a cup and she's like I can't stand this on my conscience and she fucking downs it Mm-mm. a little while later her butler lets in the doctor and he's like I found her in this state and the doctor goes up to her and she's like listen I'm gonna confess Zedokai Shon killed Claudio he uh, 
kidnapped those six women. He killed them too. I was his accomplice. This is my confession, Usher. (laughs) (laughs) And as the doctor leaves Masia's house, Bruno approaches him and he's like, come with me. Something's happening with Laura. Mm. So the doctor goes with Bruno. The butler who has heard Masia's confession goes to the bar and tells the whole entire town, guess what? It was Zedukai Shong all along. We're ready to take justice in our hands. Honestly, do Fucking it. Fucking Take kill justice, guy. guys. Let's get it yeah. done. At Zedukai Shong's house, the doctor examines Laura and he tells Zed, listen, it's probable that only one of either Laura or the baby will be able to be saved. And he turns and he's like, Salviakriangsa, save the child. Which you're an asshole, but also but Laura turns like, around yes, and like, yes, save the save kid. The we child. must keep the superior race, you fucking Hitlers. Back at the town, the colonel is like enticing the mob. He's like, listen, this guy's a bitch. Let's get him. At Zedukaishon, Laura dies in childbirth, but so does the baby. So he picks up her body and he takes it over to the cemetery and he puts her into the mausoleum and she's like, this is where you'll rest. He stumbles out and in the graveyard lying there, he hears laughter in the dark (sighs) and it's Jonjira and she's again covered in snakes and she's like, eu encarnarei o teu cadáver and I'm gonna reclaim this body that you have destroyed and he screams at her, you haven't beat me, my son is dead but I'm still here and that you're a figment of my imagination and I have a tormented mind and I know that you're dead in that lake and that you're rotting and I'm going to prove it. So he goes over, he walks over, and he starts screaming at the gods and the devils and the spirits. And he's like, (sighs) I defy you. You don't exist. If you do, come and change my mind. Show me the truth. And then a fucking lightning bolt hits the tree that he's standing next to. It sets ablaze and then fucking falls on top of him. And he's still like, a coincidence. He literally, it was a coincidence. Not convinced. He's like, ha ha ha. It's fine. This is just an accident from nature. All of a sudden, the town priest is there, and he's like, "Listen, literally, the entire town is on its way here. They are ready to murder you. Okay, so take this crucifix and just fucking just tell people that you believe in God because they're very sure that you have a deal with the devil. And of course." He's a piece of shit. And he's like, no, God doesn't exist. I'm not weak. And he holds up the crucifix as the mob starts to approach. And he yells, Eu não creio em Deus. I don't believe in God. And the mob is just like, well, fuck you. And starts shooting oh. him. These people are shooting willy nilly. Left bing, and bing, right, bing, 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 up bing. and down. All over the place. <laughs> bing, bang, boom. They're shooting at him. And they chase him as he... He yells, I'm immortal. I'm immortal. Doesn't he fucking chuck the cross at them too? Absolutely chucks the cross at them. (laughs) So he climbs a big ass boulder and Jonjira's drunk ass husband, he holds up his rifle and he says, this is for my son. And he shoots Zedukaishon. that's who that was. Got it. Okay. So he shoots Zedukaishon in the back. And he falls into the swamp, but still he doesn't stop. He's still yelling that he's invincible, that everything is a lie, that nothing exists, that he wants the truth. From the swamp waters, the skeletons of his victims start to float up. And he yells, 
like finally now he's convinced and he yells for God to save him. And now he believes. Wow. And as he's yelling, like, save me, God, please. He sinks into the swamp as the townspeople watch. The priest does the sign of a cross. Bruno is in the trees and he's watching him. So sad. He's very sad. The water of the swamp bubbles as he goes in deeper and an intertidal goes over the bubbles and says, man will only find truth when he searches for truth. Fing do feel me. You fucking did it. Nice job. <laughs> Thanks. Fucking way. Shall we get into su- into some trivia? Yeah, let's get into some trivia. Let's do this. Here is my trivia. So this is also from kqek.com, that fucking website from 1994. Love it. And it says Fantoma Films, which is uh, Fantoma Films is a San Francisco, California-based film distributor specializing in eclectic cult films. So Fantoma Films released At Night I'll Take Your Soul, This Night I'll Possess Your Corpse, and Awakening of the Beast, which I assume is another Zedlukaishan film. Is a third one. And they released this in a coffin-shaped box, which I saw. Very, very cool. According to the liner notes of the Fantoma DVD by Marin's biographer Andre Barsinski, the recognition of a higher power was a consolation for Brazilian censors to prevent an outright ban of the film, I believe, of Encarnare no Teu Cadáver, I believe. Uh-huh. And the film went on to shock masses wanting more of Coffin Joe. So Fantoma Relief that released that like coffin-shaped box set of these films, but then there was also a different release called the AB Edition. The AB Edition sports a hysterical 10-minute interview with Marines. Oh, boy. Which I didn't find, but... <laughs> it makes me think of the beginning of the other one where he was like standing there with those two like devils. Oh my God. Yes, honestly loved that from that first one. Uh, so Marines describes filming this movie in an abandoned synagogue, which is crazy, and shooting the amazing spider and snake assaults. He just like talked about remembering, you know, the filming of it. Right. He also mentions his desire at the time of making a trilogy of Coffin Joe films and a preference for amateur actors because he could make them do things no sane actor would want or tolerate. Wow. If he wanted a shrill scream from pain, he'd twist an actress's finger. Shock reactions were realized with loud sound effects on set, and laughter could be created by tickling feet. Oh, boy. Which is just fucking creepy. Yeah, that's very creepy. All right, so this is from... Felipe M. Guerra. Medium. Wow, just Spanish and English all over the place. So we're all about, baby. <laughs> yeah. Com. Punto com. Punto com. It's called My Last Interview with Jose. Jose. <laughs> Jose Mujica Marins. <laughs> so, first of all, in this interview, there's an adorable picture of him as a kid. Which is nice to see him as a little baby. Yeah. Well, you know, like a toddler. Because mm-hmm. he's such a fucking Such an asshole. asshole. But he looks, he's such a cute little kid. Felipe Guerra says, In Esta Noche Encarnare, there's a famous scene in which you show hell in color. Although the entire film is in black and white. Where did this idea come from? To which Marines said, This scene caused a lot of confusion at the time. A lot of arguments. Filming was delayed because of that. I decided that I wanted to film Hell in Color, but I didn't know that I was dealing with very religious people within the production. Oh. Hmm. And these people thought that I couldn't do that, that Hell shouldn't be shown in color. They asked me, 
why don't you make all the film in color and show hell in black and white? And I said, because I have a different point of view. I have always seen my hell colored. Wow. And he continues, it wouldn't be fun to show all that blood if it appeared black on the screen, not red. And I believe that hell has to be a place where you see beautiful things being destroyed. I always fought for my vision, which I just thought was interesting. Yeah, I like that. So this is from SensesOfCinema.com by Kat Ellinger, and she says here, in early 1964, the Brazilian military, with the help of the U.S. government, which I feel like whenever there's a coup in these movies that we talk about, it's always with the fucking help of the U.S. Yep, government. totally. So the Brazilian, the Brazilian military staged a coup d'etat against President João Goulart. That saw the country fall under a military dictatorship until March 1985. Damn, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Within this regime, the media was heavily controlled, especially when it came to material considered a threat to public morality. And so she talks about, remember in Ritual of Death, we talked about cinema, not cinema, <laughs> cinema da boca do yeah, lixo. Yeah, yeah, from Sao Paulo. Which is like, yeah, from Sao Paulo, the red light district of Sao Paulo, which is like exploitation movies basically right so marines found himself at the heart of this movement and in november 1964 only months after the new regime took control he released the film widely credited as brazil's first horror film which is at midnight i'll take your soul and it caused outrage for its blasphemous delivery graphic violence and sexual undertones this night i'll possess your corpse which came out in 1967 was the second part in what became the Coffin Joe trilogy. Marines employs the defiance of Nietzsche, the confrontational aspects of Artaud's theater of cruelty, the surrealism of Buñuel, the blood and gore of Grand Guignol, Guignol theater, I believe is what, Grand Guignol, yeah. the shadows of expressionism and lashings of the Gothic grotesque to further expand themes explored in the first installment of the trilogy. As he gnashes his teeth, delivering diatribe after diatribe, all strongly aligned with Nietzsche's philosophy on the Superman, it becomes clear that his anger stems from a hatred of the human race in its present form, regardless of gender. The fact that he doesn't seek simply a womb as a vehicle for his unborn child, but a woman who can equal him, establishes that beneath the surface there is a lot more going on than simply sex. I do, as much as he was like looking for an equal in a woman, I do feel like this character sees women as beneath him. Yeah. That's what I get from I this think fucking so character. Too. There is a dark nihilism at play that openly criticizes all levels of society from the superstitious villagers and their reliance on faith and religion to Coffin Joe's megalomania as he becomes drunk on his own sense of personal power fueled by a knowledge that is deeply flawed. So the reason I talk about this is because in this thing that Kat talks about, she talks about Nietzsche's Superman, which I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. So I looked up Nietzsche's Superman and I got this from Wikipedia. So the Ubermensch, uh, which means beyond man, superman, overman, uberman, or superhuman, is a concept in the philosophy of Friedrich Nietzsche. In his 1883 book, Thus Spoke Zarathustra, sure. Nietzsche has his character Zarathustra posit the Ubermensch as a goal for humanity to set for itself. The Ubermensch represents a shift from otherworldly Christian values and manifests the grounded human ideal. The German prefix Uber can have connotations of superiority, transcendence, excessiveness, or intensity, depending on the words to which it is attached. 
Mensch refers to a human being rather than a male specifically, which I found interesting. It says here, Nietzsche introduces the concept of uber Ubermensch in contrast to his understanding of the otherworldliness of Christianity. Zarathustra proclaims the will of the Ubermensch to give meaning to life on earth and admonishes his audience to ignore those who promise otherworldly fulfillment to draw them away from the earth. The Ubermensch grasps the earthly world with relish and gratitude. So it sounds to me like basically kind of what Zay is talking about, like all that matters is here and now. God say nothing exists except like now. Right. This the earth. However, it's not quite spot on because Zay is like, but I'm the fucking superior asshole here. Right. So in this Wikipedia thing, it also says that Hitler was real into this fucking uber Yes, shit. he was. So it says, although Nietzsche died long before Hitler's reign, the term Ubermensch was used frequently by Hitler and the Nazi regime to describe their idea of a biologically superior Aryan or Germanic master race. Oy. A racial version of Nietzsche's Ubermensch became a philosophical foundation for national socialist ideas. The Nazi notion of the master race also spawned the idea of inferior humans who should be dominated and enslaved. This term does not originate with Nietzsche, who was critical of both anti-Semitism and German nationalism. In his final years, Nietzsche began to believe that he was in fact Polish, not German, and was quoted as saying, I am a pure-blooded Polish nobleman without a single drop of bad blood, certainly not German blood. I mean, it's the, the, it still sounds bad, Nisha. Still bad. Still bad. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, oh, okay. Interesting, because this definitely feels like it belongs in Zedukaishan's philosophy. Yeah, it does have that you know? vibe, except that instead of it being like, hey, we're Aryan, it's more of like a state of mind kind of thing. It's like, yeah. it's it's about intelligence and wisdom and like yeah. not believing in superfluous other things that yeah. you don't need to. Superstitious, yeah. bullshit, supernatural, none of yeah. that exists in Zedukaishan's vision of this. So I thought that'd be interesting to bring up. And also, since basically for the past however long, we've been like, we fucking hate this character. Yeah. <laughs> I found this little quote from IMDB, which is a Jose Mujica Marin's quote. Okay. He says this, I don't care what people think about me or my character. I don't try to be nice. My only goal is to motivate the public to watch my movies. I don't mind being a scape scapegoat for people's fear and anger. If everyone hated me as a person but still enjoyed my pictures, I would be a happy man. Which I, I respect that. really appreciated. It's a fucking character. Yeah, it's not it's him. It's not José Mujica Maris. Yeah. It's just like, oh, the character is so unlikable that it's like, you know, I can't help. But if like, anything, he's done his job because the whole point is like, totally. we're the villagers. We're the people that are like, he sucks. Yeah. I don't think we're supposed to sit in that movie theater and be like, you're right, Zach. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I, I just thought I should throw that in there for like, that's his way of being like, well, fuck you, Johnny, because yeah. I don't care what you think. You know what I mean? So that's my trivia for today. I literally have no trivia because Jonathan <laughs> has taken all of my trivia. Well, the thing was, I like I feel like we did a lot of trivia in our episode about Mea Noichi. Yeah, we did. So to find trivia was kind of tough yeah, this time. Yeah. Um so. so I'm happy to give 
give the leeway to Johnny having done all the trivia. So thank you for that. Well, how about I ask you some questions? Sure. You ready? I'm ready. Eileen, were you scared? No. Were you? <laughs> I'm going to say briefly because that dark figure was scary. That, uh, what was, was your... scary, that f- yeah. figure. What was your best scare? That dark fucking figure. Totally. When, when it showed up, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is... For real. Yeah. Who was your favorite character? Janjira. How she was just like, I'm going to fucking curse you, bro. And she, yes. I think she did great. That's my favorite character, too. Janjira. Sh- shout, to, shout out to the tiny little man in the jailhouse who was the like, jailer. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your best line? If you end up in hell, da meu endereço ao diabo. <laughs> <laughs> Give yeah. my address to the devil. What about you? Mine, not to be redundant, was Vo Encarna en Teo Cadave. Just the title the of the movie. Repeat it. Yeah, dude, it was good. I especially like it. Just like the first one where we're like, we feel like it's him who's going to do this shit, but no. Yeah. It's always, that's his punishment. Another reason why he's the absolute villain of the film. What was your best death? I'm going to give it to. <laughs> Claudio getting his head smashed in between the boulders. Same. The best. Did you learn anything from the culture about the culture? No, not at all. At all? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> all right. And finally, how many ooies are you going to give this movie? I'm going to give it two. Just because I thought the hell sequence was really great. Mm-hmm. I thought that scary, skinny latex man was creepy and scary. Like, There were great moments of fear there. Spiders, snakes, horrible, sure. Yeah. If only it wasn't riddled with just like (sighs) this very tiresome soapbox that he was on the whole entire time. Yeah, dude. So, yeah. what about you? I gave it, I wrote two and a half. And basically for the exact same reasons as you. Like, again, I'm obsessed with that intro, the credits. Yeah, great credits. Squiggly handwriting. Fucking love that shit. Love the creepy dude all in black. Like, everything you said. This performance felt, I don't know if this is an actual word, but masturbatory. Yes, that is an actual word, and I agree. And I think that's what it felt felt like in the first one, too. Yes, but it was like, I don't think he expected a mea noichi uh, levare sua alma to be such a hit. Yeah. And it was a fucking hit. Totally. And so then he's like, I'm going to make a sequel. And a mea noichi was not almost two hours long from what I remember. No. And this one... With all due respect, sir, like you, he, it just kind of went to his head, and he was like, "I'm gonna chew the scenery Oof. more." But the interesting thing was, in the first one, we kind of loved, love slash hated the screaming and the drama and him, but he was like <laughs> yeah. kind of interesting and watchable. Yeah, you know the ridiculous drama of it all. There was a lot less of that, yeah. and more of like, "I'm superior and I'm amazing," over and fucking over the arrogance was too much but we did it yeah great (laughs) well you know what i'm ready to fucking a lunch because i'm fucking yes girl hungry and i'm absolutely that that was immediately after i was done my all the adrenaline exited my body (laughs) you're done i'm tired (laughs) you did it you did a great job thanks uh thank you so much for listening everybody we appreciate all of you please remember to subscribe rate and review us because that brings us new listeners follow us on the redes sociales uh at Uikiorror on Twitter and Insta. Follow our network, Sonoro, at Sonoro Podcast. 
I don't know, send us an email at <laughs> at uikyorror at gmail.com. If you want, suggest us movies. We love it. We love yeah. hearing from everyone. Yeah. Tell us what you thought of our episode. We love it. Hey, don't be an asshole. Don't be an That's asshole. like the moral. Don't be an asshole like Zeb Gaishan. Don't Come be on. a fucking asshole. And, you know, yeah. if the bar is empty, that's a fucking clue that nobody wants to drink with you, okay? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Johnny, I fucking love you. I fucking love you, too. And we'll see you guys in na próxima semana. Ciao. <laughs> Adeus. <laughs> <laughs> was that right? Yeah, that was right. Sonoro. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.